Welcome to the First Church Message of the Week podcast. Thanks for listening in. Jesus never promised that the yoke would literally be easy. This is a mistranslation. In this context of yoking oxen, the translation means well-fitting. As we begin our busy series, we discover that each of us has a tempo that fits well, that energizes us. What tempo gives you life and energy? In this message of the week, we begin our busy sermon series with a message from Pastor Jen Tyler who reads from Matthew 11 and challenges us to slow down, be still, and let God lead us at His unhurried pace. Here is the First Church Message of the Week. Won't you pray with me? Gracious and loving God, as we listen for your word in this time, we ask that you would open our ears anew, that we might hear you more clearly in our midst. Open our hearts that we might love you more deeply, and open our eyes that we might see you more clearly. Rid us, O God, from any and all distractions, so that everything that we see and hear and feel and know and speak are of you. Amen. So as we said before, this is the first weekend of the season of Lent, which is a season in the church calendar that takes us from now until Easter, as Pastor Bryce mentioned. And it is a season of prayer and of fasting. It is a season that commemorates Jesus' 40 days of wandering in the wilderness, um, which means that for us, it's meant to be a time of reflection and of preparation. And so as we sink into the fullness of what that season is intended to be for us, I want to invite you to heed an invitation during this season to slow down a little bit and to be fully present. Now, of course, I know that you all, when we talk about being present, are here physically, and for some of us, that's a feat in itself, right? But I think many of us, myself included, are guilty sometimes of showing up to a place physically when we then mentally or emotionally check out once we get there, right? Whether that's you today or it's been you in the past or it's you three or four minutes from now when I lose your attention, right? I want to invite you throughout this season especially to be intentionally fully present in this season, and not just in our time of worship, but fully present to God. And we know that being fully present is really hard sometimes. I think that most of us have sat here in this space and we're thinking about what the week ahead is going to hold, or you're making a grocery list because you're going to stop on your way home. Come on, we've all done that on our bulletin, right? Maybe you're making a mental to-do list because our minds don't want to turn off, or you're trying to figure out that scheduling conflict in the week when you're trying to figure out how all three of your kids are going to be magically dropped off at one place at the same time. Whatever your life looks like, we live in a really busy society, a culture that I would argue even maybe over-glorifies that busyness. So much so that I imagine that some among us who maybe don't feel busy, maybe wish you were a little busier or had more places to go or people to see or ways to connect. Because these things make us feel important 
or valued. Wherever you are, whatever your schedules and your complexities are that you bring with you today, I want you to know that there is a good news that all of us get to share in. And that is that no matter how busy you are or are not, we are all being invited to reconnect with our unhurried God, who is never too busy for us. God is never in a hurry, even though sometimes we wish that weren't true, don't we? God longs, though, to be present with you fully in any given moment. And for us to lean into that, we have to find ways to open ourselves to connect with God in new ways. And connecting with God in new ways, well, it doesn't come with some magic formula or some instruction manual that's going to feel like one more thing to do, for better or for worse. On the contrary, our goal of slowing down and being present in these ways is exactly the opposite of that. It is to, our goal in this is to find the right tempo that works for you and for your family, to work to make space for God to come into your lives or to come deeper into your life. In finding that rhythm or that tempo, we know it's not easy. Most of us, it's an ongoing struggle. I like to joke that balance is actually a myth, but we're going to keep seeking after it anyway. And yet, I'm going to spend time, and I hope you will too, reflecting on ways that we can do this anyway, on ways that we can live into the invitations that Jesus sets before us in Scripture, that he, in his own life, lived out himself. As we do that, there are a number of ways I want to name that here at First Church, we want to help you do that. We're not just telling you, hey, do better, be better. We want to do and be better together. So we have some tangible things to invite you to, like fellowship times. Some of us show up, if you're like me, before I was a pastor, I tended to walk in during the opening song after the call to worship. That's my confession to you, right? But maybe for this service, you'll come a little early. If you come on Saturday, come at 4.30 for coffee and fellowship. If you come at 10, come a little early and worship with the 8.30 folks too, as we have fellowship time between 8.30 and 10. You may have noticed that we even put extra tables out in the back so that you don't have to hide in a different classroom or wonder where you're welcome. There truly is a welcoming place for all. That means that all are welcome here. And if you're worshiping online, by the way, there's a place for you there too. Drop a note in the comments. Let us know that you're with us. Tell us how we can be in prayer with or for you, or if something speaks to you in the service. What are you excited about and how can we share in our lives together? Our hope is that this intentional time of fellowship will serve as an opportunity to grow closer to God and to one another because I believe we can see the face of God in the community around us. Now, hopefully, our intentional community building isn't going to stop there, because there are lots of opportunities throughout any given week to connect deeper in our faith, right? Examples like our evening meal on Wednesday evening, come and have a free meal and a time of fellowship at 5.15 before all the children run off to their events for the evening, Or maybe you don't want to commit to something yet that's every week, but you could commit for the season. So you want to consider joining us for our new Lent studies as we read the Gospel of Luke together. Starting tomorrow night, we're going to meet on Monday nights at 6. Or if you prefer a lunch hour, we'll meet at 12.05 on Wednesdays. It's the same group. Don't come to both. We're not trying to fill your schedule. But maybe come and join us 
and know that there are people who want to meet you and connect with you and grow with you and pray with you and read scripture with you. Now, I could go on and on. There's lots of opportunities. I hope you'll look through the stuff in your bulletin. Uh, But the thing about all of these opportunities we have to connect and to grow in our faith is that they have a couple of things in common. The first, I think, is the most obvious. The first is they are designed to help us to grow in our relationship with Jesus so that we can be disciples of Jesus first, who then are a part of making disciples and transforming the world around us. That is our mission here at First Church. But the other thing these all have in common is an invitation and a means of helping us to lean into this, not for the sake of adding to your schedule or for the sake of trying to make you more busy. That's the opposite of what we want. But our goal is to help you to prioritize your schedule for the sake of connecting more to our unhurried God. Something that we know is not easy, especially if you're already tired or you feel like you don't need one more thing to do. So how is adding something during this season going to help you to do that? Well, fortunately, Jesus speaks to that too. And the gospel message that I want to read today comes from the gospel of Matthew. It's chapter 11, verses 28 through 30. And Jesus is talking to us when he says, come to me, all you that are weary and carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Come to me, Jesus says, and I will give you rest. One of the wonderful blessings and difficult struggles with words like these is that he makes it sound so easy, doesn't he? Just come to me and you will receive rest. Wouldn't it be great if we could just show up once or once in a while and then suddenly feel rested? If in any given moment or time or season, you could say, okay, Jesus, I, I'm here. I'm ready for that rest. And then just like that, the overwhelming busyness of your life would be, would be gone and you would be able to lean into the rest. Wouldn't it be great if it worked that way? We know, of course, that it doesn't work that way. We know that if we lean into this and truly want to receive rest, it actually takes some work. And that makes it hard because when we most need the rest is usually when we don't have the energy to put into the kind of rest that we seek, the kind of change that we need to get to that rest. And yet things like this are worth doing. All things that are worth doing are likely to, well, we're going to get out of them what we first put into them, aren't we? We know that's true in other areas of our lives. Why would not be, why would it not be true in our faith? We know that we can't show up to school, sorry kids, and expect to learn everything but never pay attention. Right? It doesn't work that way. I know that I learned this lesson the hard way. My roommates in college loved taking pictures of me in my favorite spot where I studied, sitting on the couch with a book on my head while I was fast asleep as if I could learn it through osmosis. Didn't really work that way much to my disappointment, but I tried. 
In the same way, we can't just show up to worship once a week and expect to grow in our faith without connecting to it in any other season of our lives, in any other part of our lives. We are going to get out of it what we put into it. And when Jesus invites us to come, come with all of who we are. Come if you are weary and carrying heavy burdens. Come if you are tired or uncertain. When Jesus promises us rest, when we bring these things to him, he doesn't mean just name them once and they're magically going to go away. Rather, Jesus wants us to come to him, to share our whole selves with him, and then to stay there, to stay with Jesus, to abide in him, as he says in John 15. Not so that we have one more thing to do or person to worry about, but so that we can have a different way of being and of sharing our lives together. The more we share our lives, our burdens right alongside our celebrations, the more we begin to realize that this is not meant to be a one-time invitation or opportunity, but it's a way of life, a tempo of life, if you will. And it's up to us to trust Jesus and to seek him in the kind of rest that is going to last. And that is going to last because what he offers is not just some idea of rest, but it is a means of getting there. Take my yoke upon you, he says. Learn from me. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Jesus, who it goes on to tell us is gentle and humble, wants to give you rest, not just in your body, but also in your soul. He wants to give you rest. You who are weary or who are looking for some renewed hope today. You who are looking for a fresh start, be it following something old you are doing away with or starting something new and celebratory that you have recently begun. Jesus wants you to come and to rest, to find a new rhythm, to share your burdens so that they might be light or at least lighterer. Because our burdens are lighter and our celebrations are greater when we share them, aren't they? And so take my yoke upon you, he says. An invitation whose ending sounds delightful and worth it, but whose meaning shouldn't be skipped over. After all, what does that even mean to take a yoke upon you? A yoke, of course, is an image that the original audience would have immediately pictured and understood, but some of us are, well, not spending a lot of time, even if you're in the fields, using cattle to do a lot of your work, right? A yoke is literally the wooden sort of cross piece, like the one in the picture here, that can be fastened across two animals, making the load easier to manage and the work easier to do. And so not unlike the one pictured here, bringing two cows together so they can share the workload, Jesus wants to be yoked with us, that we can share that metaphorical kind of yoke to make it a little bit easier on all of us. Now, as we look at this yoke, I imagine none 
no yoke that I can imagine could be particularly easy, right? I'm not really excited about having a physical yoke placed upon me, if we're honest. At least it's not going to be easy in the way I want it to be, because when I think of a difficult thing becoming easy, if I'm honest, what I really want is for it to be no work or burden at all. I want it to just go away as if it was never there, right? That's what I think of when I think of wanting something to be easy. But when Jesus promises us that his yoke is going to be easy, he doesn't say your burdens are going to disappear. Instead, he says they will be light, or lighter at least, and that's why to better understand what Jesus might have meant here, I looked up some of the exact words that he used. And I learned that the same phrase when we quote Jesus as the yoke being easy, it can also be translated as the yoke being well-fitting or good. And when something fits well, it's easier to be and to breathe and to rest, isn't it? especially when compared to something that is poor-fitting or whether it's too tight or too big or too awkward. In the same way, when we share in the things that are burdening us and we share them with Jesus, it doesn't mean that everything is miraculously going to be good, but it can make them easier and better fitting in our lives. It can make them more manageable as our burdens become a little lighter and easier to carry because we're no longer carrying them alone. Instead, we are inviting and allowing someone else to help us along the way. And so to be yoked metaphorically with Jesus in this way is to be connected in such a way that we no longer have to bear our burdens alone. And as we walk through life together, learning from each other, depending on each other, we have opportunities to build one another up, to become stronger together, and to learn to not only work together, but also to be still in one another's presence. And to do this well, there are a few things we have to do. We have to trust one another. We have to be willing to work together, and we have to be willing and able to find a tempo that works for both of you. If you can imagine being yoked with someone who wants to go full speed and someone who's moving nice and slow, that doesn't always work so well, does it? So how do we find our tempo in that place in between as we're busy rushing and running from place to place in our busy, busy lives and our God is over here going, well, I'll come with you, but I'm not really in a hurry, right? When we don't slow down long enough to invite our unhurried God to come and be a part of our lives, we run the risk of filling up that God-spaced uh, part of our lives with someone or thing else. We run the risk of removing that yoke that God longs to share with us entirely as we run full speed ahead, trying to carry it all ourselves. Friends, this day, this week, this season, I want to invite you to push back against the temptation to do that. To instead lean into Jesus' invitation of letting go of being too busy for the sake of it or running too fast to allow Jesus or others around you to keep up. I want to invite you instead to focus on finding the pace and the tempo that works for you, for your life, for your family, and most of all, for your faith. So that as we work on sharing our lives with one another, 
and with our God who longs to be more closely yoked to you, you might find that tempo that brings you life, that brings you energy, that brings you joy, that brings you freedom from those heavy burdens that might otherwise hold you back. Then, Jesus says, when you've come to me in this way, may you find the rest that you need and desire. Let's pray together. Faithful, present, unhurried God, we are grateful for the ways that you remind us that you are ever present with us and that you invite us to come and to be still and to know you and to be present with you. God, may you help us to trust in you enough to share this yoke that you offer, to share our burdens with you, our lives with you, our hope with you, that in all things, O oh God, we might turn ourselves towards you as we reset our lives in this season especially to a tempo that works with and for you. In the name of Jesus Christ, your Son and our Lord, we pray. Amen. Thanks for joining us for the First Church Message of the Week. To stay connected, subscribe to this podcast and follow us on Facebook. For more information like our church calendar, worship times, and upcoming events, visit our website at watertownfirst.church. This has been the First Church Message of the Week.